Belichick's going to become the oldest coach supplanting Tom Coughlin, who was 65 when he beat the Patriots in Super Bowl 46. And there it is. The dynasty continues. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We are streaming live right now. We are streaming. We are streaming. The show is being recorded live right now after the Super Bowl. Whoa. The New England Patriots just defeated the Los Angeles Rams 13-3 in a, in, a, in a boring game. That's a lot of people like to call it. A lot of people said it was a, a fun, entertaining game. Look, we, we got a lot to talk about on today's episode. We got a lot to discuss. I mean, we got a lot to discuss. We got to talk about the halftime show. <sighs> we got to talk about the halftime show. Of course, we got to talk about the game time, Brady. Of course, not being named MVP was snub. We'll talk about that. And of course, the most inevitable... The New England Patriots won Super Bowl 53, 13-3 for Tom Brady to win his sixth championship. Bill Belichick's six championships. The dynasty continues for the New England Patriots. And that's where we're going to start off today's show. Of course, we'll get into the Los Angeles Lakers and that debacle. We'll get into the Los Angeles Lakers because it's, it's, it's a shakeup that's about to transpire within the Laker organization. But again, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later on in the episode. But it's from the jump. Let's roll. The New England Patriots won their sixth Super Bowl in 18 years. They defeated the Los Angeles Rams tonight, 13-3. Now, let's talk about the Rams first. Let's get into the Rams first, and then we'll get into the New England Patriots. Now, as I said on Friday's episode, did I not predict what was going to happen to the Los Angeles Rams? <laughs> did I not say that was going to happen to the Los Angeles Rams? I told y'all on Friday the Los Angeles Rams was going, this was going to be a long game for the Los Angeles Rams because the New England Patriots wanted no parts of a shootout. As I said, this New England Patriots team figured out weeks ago that, you know what? We're not the most athletic team. We're not actually the best football team in the NFL. But what we are going to do is we're going to run the football and then we're going to play good ass defense and we're going to make you beat us. And at the end of the day, at 41 years old, we have the best quarterback by far in the NFL. I mean, again, the, the Rams had a nice season, but thanks for playing. <laughs> thanks for playing. You dig what I'm saying? Thanks for playing. Now, for everybody saying that they hate the New England Patriots and, and the dominance, at this point, the New England Patriots have been winning pretty much every other year. Every other year. And again, as I said earlier on in the season about Sean McVay, a lot of people told Sean McVay this year that he was a good-ass coach. He didn't end up winning the coach of the year. You know who won it? Matt Nagy for the Chicago Bears. And it wasn't because of his flashy offense. It was because he played good defense and he built his team the right way. See, the Los Angeles Rams, they have a lot of one-year guys this year. Nadama Kinsu's contract is up. Akeem Talib's contract is up after this year. So is Marcus Peters' contract is up this year. So the Los Angeles Rams are going to have some, some contract issues that they're going to figure out. But now Jared Goff finished tonight's game 19 for 38. Zero touchdown, one interception. He was also sacked four times. You know how many times Brady was sacked tonight? One time. He was sacked one time. So tell me how the Los Angeles Rams played a good game. Everybody said they, well, they played a good game. How? The game plan didn't work if you couldn't get the Tom Brady. You only got one sack tonight. You was only able to get one sack tonight. He was only able to get one sack. And you know who that sack came from? John Franklin Myers. It didn't come from Dinamican Sue. It didn't come from Dante Fowler. It didn't come from Aaron Donald. It didn't come from LaMarcus Joyner. It didn't come from Akeem Tlaib, Michael Brockers, Corey Littleton. As I told you, 
This New England football team was going to come into this football game and they were going to run the football. They were going to go right at this Los Angeles Rams front line, front seven that everybody talked about for the past two weeks. And again, I love Aaron Donald. I love this defense. But as I said, the Los Angeles Rams are going to have some decisions that they're going to have to make because they got a lot of one-year guys. Remember, they were playing the rent, rent a star thing for a year. And it worked. It got them all the way to the Super Bowl. And, and of course, Ty Gurley is my man's. But you cannot get to this game if you're Sean McVay and only give Ty Gurley the football 10 times. And I thought that Ty Gurley looked fresh. I mean, every time he got the football, he pretty much averaged about four yards a carry. So I couldn't understand why if, if you're Sean McVay, you knew that this New England football team was going to come into this game and they were going to run the football. And oh, by the way, as I said a couple weeks back about, uh, about, uh, about Julian Edelman, I was spot on. I said that it's time to put him in an elite conversation with the likes of the Odell Beckhams. And the likes of the Antonio Browns and the Juju Smith-Schusters and the Michael Thomases. We got to put them in that conversation with those guys. Again, during the regular season, he's not going to have the sexy stats. This year, he finished 74 receptions, 850 yards, and six touchdowns. He tied 22nd in the league for touchdowns. He was 27th amongst receivers and 28th in yards. But he was number one tonight in the MVP, and that was all that mattered. Finished tonight's game, big dog style. Big dog style. It wasn't nothing Marcus Peters, Tlaib, Mark Barron. It wasn't nothing that secondary could do with Julian Edelman tonight. Finished the game 10 catches, 141 yards. Didn't score. Rob Gronkowski had played a big dog game as well. As I told you, as I predicted, that was what was going to happen with the New England Patriots. So again, we want to give a congratulation to the New England Patriots. They won the Super Bowl tonight. But now the Super Bowl in its entirety, was it bad? Yes, it was bad television tonight. Let's be clear, it was bad television. The halftime show, it was bad Maroon 5, again, we, we like Maroon 5, but come on. Nobody knew none of the songs. Nobody knew none of the songs, so it's like you can't sing along because you didn't know the songs. Then you tease me with Travis Scott for 30 seconds, which, hey, Travis Scott, get your money, baby, because look, if they are, at the end of the day, if the NFL was saying they was going to give me X amount to just perform for the little 30 seconds, so be it. That's all Travis Scott wanted to do anyway. He wanted to perform sicko mode and that one little verse for everybody in the world to see. That was it. And then you gave me Big Boy for a quick second, but he didn't even get to perform, really. I thought I saw Big Boy in that jacket, and then that was it. I said, where'd Big Boy go? <laughs> Maroon 5 was the, was the headline, so I'm not going to be mad at it. At the end of the day, that was, that was their headline. That was their headline this year with Maroon 5. Travis Scott just happened to get added, I think, pretty much at the end. And I think Big Boy was a late addition as, as well. It wasn't bad optics for TV last night. It was because a lot of people wanted to see high-flying offenses. They wanted to see Tom Brady score 30 and the Rams put up 30 points. This wasn't the best New England Patriots football team. But when we look back 20 years from now and we talk about this dynasty, the one thing we will be able to say was this year for the New England Patriots team, they did it with their minds. They did it with their minds. They didn't do it with their athleticism. They didn't do it with their speed. They lost Josh Gordon in the middle of the season. Remember that? Coming up next on From the Jump, we'll talk Tom Brady's greatness. Of course, we'll talk about the Lakers debacle this past weekend against the Golden State Warriors. And on today's edition of The Wrap-Up, stay tuned. I got an interesting story. Flaming Hot Nacho. They made the original hot, hot, hot. I 
Speaking of desire, baby, preaching to the choir, man, my tongue is doing fine, but the roof is on fire. But now continuing on with the New England Patriots win, because of course, I mean, it's Super Bowl Monday. This is all we're going to talk about. Of course, I'll, I'll talk about Deion Sanders here in a little bit, get into the 30 for 30. Of course, on today's wrap up, we'll talk about Warriors and Lakers and that debacle, this situation. Shout out to Boogie Cousins for destroying Kyle Kuzma. But again, we'll talk about that, you know, a little bit later on, you know, in today's episode. But right now, you know, I want to talk about Tom Brady and what a lot of people don't understand about Tom Brady is we got to put him in that top elite category amongst the greatest athletes of all time. And, you know, I know we talk about, you know, in the modern era, we talk about LeBron James and we talk about Michael Jordan and we talk about Tiger Woods and Michael Phelps, Serena Williams, just name a few, Kevin Durant, you know, those guys right now, you know, kind of leading the way. But Brady's amongst the elite, man, pretty much every other year. Since 2000, you know, the, the Patriots have been in there and or have been competing for championships every year. And Tom Brady, outside of a year or two, has never had the most elite athletes around him. He's never had the most elite running backs. For a year, you know, he's had Randy Moss. For a season, for a second he had, for a quick second he had Josh Gordon. And we were able to see a little of the magic. This is why the New England Patriots didn't totally get rid of Josh Gordon. Of course, they had to let him go because of his situation with the league. But of I guarantee you, once Josh Gordon's available, the New England Patriots will be getting Josh Gordon back to Gillette. It's simple. And what the New England Patriots have done, the, the older Tom Brady has gotten, is said, you know what, let's just simplify it. Let's not make it more advanced. Let's not try to beat out what the Rams are doing or what the Chiefs are doing. We're not going to be able to beat those guys. But what's due right now is let's simplify it and let's strengthen our defense. Defense wins championships at the end of the day. And last night's game was a defensive game. <laughs> it was a defensive game, man. So, like I said, man, shout out to Tom Brady, man. He got it done last night. You know, people wanted to compare whether or not him and LeBron were similar. No, no comparison. No comparison. Again, LeBron's great in his own right. But as far as when it comes to winning championships and when it comes to in fourth quarter, pressure-like situations, it's not even close. I haven't seen Brady just melt in the fourth quarter. I haven't seen him melt. I haven't. They talked about that Rams defense, and they got one sack last night, y'all. They got one sack. And it wasn't even Aaron Donald or Nadama Kinsu. You get what I'm saying? But when we talk about championship-like moments, when we talk about when they need a touchdown last night, Tom Brady went out there and got one, man. So shout out to the GOAT, man, Tom Brady. You know, of course, the old heads want to say Joe Montana and Troy Aikman. No, it's Tom Brady. You have not seen a quarterback when it comes down to it in the clutch moments. Win it. Go out there and get you a touchdown. I got money on Brady. But switching gears from the Super Bowl, as I said, the New England Patriots defeated the Los Angeles Rams last night, 13-3. Deion Sanders, 30 for 30, came on last week. And I said, I promised on Friday's episode, of course, I didn't catch it. But I said on today's episode that we would talk about it. And, of course, I loved it, man. Shout out to Primetime. You know, first things first, you know, as a kid, I remember um, going to Florida State campus for as a kid playing football. I remember going to Florida State camps. And just seeing all the legends on the wall, you know, talking about Deion Sanders and how much Florida State really loved and embraced primetime. And that's when Deion Sanders really was able to cultivate who he was. So early on, I was privy to primetime Deion Sanders. And so now seeing the documentary 
all kind of made sense because, of course, you know, being a 90s baby, I didn't get to see Deion Sanders when he played for the Atlanta Braves and also for the Atlanta Falcons. And I thought what Deion Sanders did was brilliant. And Deion Sanders is no different from any kid from the hood, any kid from the suburb, any kid from any projects that playing double sports. Deion Sanders just happened to use his gift and his ability and also take his persona to the next level when it got to the professional level. And at the end of the day, Deion Sanders is a cold hustler, as y'all saw in, in, in him playing for the Braves and for the Falcons. Deion Sanders was a cold hustler. They said in the documentary that they didn't have a written contract. So he said, technically, he didn't have a written contract with the Atlanta Braves. He only had like a verbal, they said like a handshake contract, if you will. And I think later on down the line, they may have had a contract. Initially, there was no contract. So Deion Sanders really was playing for the Braves one day and then going to play for the Falcons on Sunday. And they said he was a bad boy at doing it. But I, I thought where the, the documentary fell short at was I thought they were going to show Deion Sanders' entire life. But again, you know, Deion Sanders has a lot of different documentaries out there, you know, with his entire life. But I, I like the fact of, of the 30 for 30 really highlighting um, Deion Sanders strictly the, the day in which he played, you know, the the, the in, basically in the MLB playoffs, traveling back to Miami to go play in the Dolphins game and then going back to Pittsburgh, basically, then going back to Pittsburgh to go play in the baseball game. I mean, what he did was honorable. And for the Braves to even have an issue with that, for Jerry Schuholster, I think was his name, to even have an issue with that, I thought was whack. I thought the funny part in there was, of course, when he threw, when he went in and he threw the water on Tim McGarver. I thought that was funny. He said, my mama said that Tim McGarver was on there dogging me. And so he said he went and, he, he went and found Tim McGarver. He said, he said, no, nah, I can't hit him because, of course, you know, you hit him, you're you going to get locked up. You know, they gonna, it's going to be a big new story. He said, I'm going to go right to it and I'm going to dump some water on him. And I thought that was funny. And I think a lot of athletes should take a page out of what Deion Sanders did because at the end of the day, okay, well, they find you, sure. Will the reporter be upset with you? Sure. But we, we walk a tough line when you, when you step behind this microphone and you can't tell an athlete how to respond. When he decides to react to what you said about him. Now, again, I always try to keep minds as cool as possible. But they said my man was getting dogged and he got water thrown on him. Again, shout out to Uncle Dion for the for the, for the the primetime look. Ooh, that kind of just juiced me up. I'm going to get on my primetime look. Matter of fact, starting today, we're going to have to get on our primetime look. Man, we need big jewels. We need the flashy. But I also like the fact that he talked about that he was two different individuals. He said off the, you know, basically on the football field, he was primetime, but on the baseball field, he was Dion. Meaning that in baseball, he had to be a little little bit more, you know, cerebral. He had to be a little bit more focused. He had to be a little bit more serious. But on the football field, he could be him. He could be primetime. Like he said, in the end of it, he said the what if game. He had to play the what if on the baseball diamond. And a lot of guys I feel like should do it. The same situation for Kyler Murray is in right now. That, okay, I know he loves football, but again, he's good at baseball, as he said. So, is Kyler Murray's mind, should I go play professional football, the game in which I love to do, or should I go play baseball, essentially, that will pay me and get me paid for the rest of my life? But I, I don't necessarily really love baseball. I like baseball, but I don't love baseball. So, again, I thought the documentary was cool, but I just thought they were going to show the whole entirety. But, again, for them to get that just that brief story, I think was good, too, because I think a lot of times we don't get to see the behind the scenes of what actually happens. And there was a lot that happened. They said that, he, you know, he had to take a plane and a helicopter. And, of course, they said some teammates was a little upset about it. But, look, say what you want to, but Dion was a bad boy. Prime time. Ow! All right, guys, come on. Mm.
Get your foot out. Cut it out. Get your foot. Get your Ow. foot off of him. Quit it. Hey, watch it. Hey, stop. Ow. Cut it out. I'm not doing anything. Ow, quit it. Okay, do I have to break you guys apart? He started it. Stop it. You right. stop. Stop it, guys. Come on. Excuse stop me. touching me. <laughs> okay, that's it. If you don't stop, I will eat all of you alive right now. Uh, I prefer the break us apart option. Introducing the M&M's chocolate bar. Now, on today's edition of the wrap-up, the Golden State Warriors defeated the Los Angeles Lakers 115-101 on Saturday night. And, of course, we know the infamous DeMarcus Cousins dunk on Kyle Kuzma. But that wasn't the big story of Saturday's game. Now, the big story of Saturday's game was apparently after the game, a tense post-game basically scene happened inside Oracle Arena following Luke Walton and a couple of the players because apparently, you know, a couple guys, Luke said, was playing selfish out there on the coach. And a couple guys took it the wrong way. Now, they said the guy speculated was maybe Michael Beasley was speculated to be in there. Again, I don't know who they were saying. I heard Rondo. Again, there's different names that's being thrown out there. JaVale McGee in particular was also said that could have been in a situation. But I think this Lakers situation, and, and, and if you haven't noticed, any team that LeBron has been on since he's left the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, when he made the infamous decision back in 2010, Every year around this time, his teams typically go through a shakeup. He always pressures the management to go and make trades because he realizes the second half of the season after the All-Star break is when teams are starting to jockey for playoff position, is when teams are starting to round up and teams are starting to separate themselves of who's going to make the playoffs and who's preparing for the lottery and who's preparing for the NBA draft, basically designing William sweepstakes. So at this point right now, LeBron James basically set out the whole month of January kind of to see what the Los Angeles Lakers were going to do. Of course, most notable Anthony Davis said publicly that I want to be traded. He basically took the $50,000 fine saying, Lakers, come trade for me. I want to be in L.A. Lakers, come trade for me. Of course, we've seen different reports over the weekend of Shams and Woj saying that the, the, the initial offers, Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma and Alonzo Ball and different picks, was declined by the Pelicans. So, again, this Lakers situation is getting ready to get a shakeup. And I don't know who's staying and who's going, but we know the untouchable is the inevitable is LeBron James. But now Luke Walton and the players getting into this scuffle, it's about time the Lakers let go of Luke Walton. I think Luke Walton is a good coach. But when you have to have a head coach in there, when you have a head coach who basically is only in it because of the fact that he was an assistant for the Golden State Warriors, and oh, by the way, he happens to be Bill Walton, who is an NBA Hall of Famer's son. We're probably going to skip ahead of a lot of different coaches that really should be coaching. And at the end of the day, this Lakers team is underachieving right now. And y'all know it. And it's time for the Lakers to cut ties with Luke Walton. But we talked about a lot on today's episode, man. Go follow your boy on Twitter at From the Jump, man. I follow everybody back again. New England Patriots got to eat 13 to 3. Shout out to Tom Brady getting his sixth one. It's your boy. We out.